This is a special presentation of Answers for Elders with Legacy Estate Planning with Stephen Waltar. Well, happy Saturday, everyone. It's Money and Law Week at Answers for Elders Radio. And I have a very special guest with me, Mr. Stephen Waltar, and he's with Legacy Estate Planning in Bellevue. Steve, welcome to the program. Glad to be here. You know, I am glad that you're here because... One of the things that we have to talk about is at the end of our lives and, you know, our parents have assets um, and there's a lot of situations that, you know, especially if mom and dad have assets, there's a lot of questions about that whole field. And I think, Steve, you're going to be here to give us some clarity on that. Yeah. Yeah. People think because we're a community property state, they don't need to plan. They They own things. They figure everything's automatically to the spouse. But then they start adding their daughter to their bank account or their son to their brokerage account. And all of a sudden, there's these messes. So people get caught up with title mistakes all the time. So, for example, if mom and dad still live in a house, Mm -hmm. I'm just throwing out a hypothetical question. And all of a sudden, a power of attorney or, you know, a son or daughter gets added to an account. All of a sudden, they're part of the process then. They're like... Yeah, they're a co-owner. Here's the worst scenario is they add son or daughter to an account. And maybe it's a significant account that has check writing. It's a brokerage account. And son is going to a Mariner game and he's in a car accident and he's sued. They mom and dad can lose their account to son's creditor. So that's oh called the trouble with joint tenancy. I've got a whole report on that that's you know, it's up on my website. People can go to waltar.com and they can download the trouble with joint tenancy. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. This is just a side note, is I and I'm sure the whole liability factor is there. I know that um <clears throat> on a whole other topic, I heard a story where there was a non licensed bonded care person that had come in for off of Craigslist to somebody's house. And lo and behold, that person um, was helping that person into the bathtub. And next thing we knew, they got a back injury and had to have back surgery and they sued the parent. They sued the person that they were helping. Yeah. Yeah. A litigious society. I'm I'm an attorney here, but I I think we have too many lawsuits. So husbands and wives, they're already liable for one another's debts. The real danger I see is when someone tries to do cheap estate planning on the cheap. Oh, I don't need a will or trust. I don't need to see an attorney. I'll just add my son to this account. Then you're adding their creditors or potentially their divorcing spouse. Oh my gosh. I mean, you, you could lose, the, the, right. the, 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 the parents could lose the assets. So that's the biggest problem I see. But the second thing that, that um, husband's wives get involved with, if, if, if a husband and wife are married and they own a home and husband dies, what do you suppose happens to the home? Um, I would assume probate. Well, you're right, and most people don't presume that. They think, oh, wouldn't it automatically go? We're a community no. property state. Well, you're on title. you got a dead person's name on title with a survivor. No one's going to bump them from the house, but you can't sell, retitle. You can't do things till no. you get a letter testamentary. That's a catchphrase for a probate. So wow. it's a legal process <clears throat> that sometimes people don't do at the year of death. It may be a decade later, and we have to probate the estate. You know, this is a thing I know that, that, uh, you know, when we, when we, our parent passes away, there's so many things that happen that we're not prepared for. And certainly there's a lot of things that you, Steve, can help us with. So a lot of those pitfalls don't happen after. I actually had passes. some clients in today. Um, well, earlier this week, probably the best way to talk about that. And they, they had the, I love you, honey, will. A lot of people want to say, I love you, honey. It's all yours. But 
There would be <laughs> a probate. That. There would be a probate <clears throat> to get it there. And for this couple, it made sense that I did a community property agreement. And that's an agreement that works in Washington to say survivor really does get it all with no court. So that short little document can save thousands and thousands of dollars and months of time in court. You know, that's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing that... But we, it doesn't happen by living here. It sure. happens because you sign a legal document, a contract that's drafted by an attorney. You can't download that one. Yeah, we all think that, quote unquote, like my husband and I, we, you know, I, I know that there's so many different things. If whatever he signs for, I know partly I'm legal, I'm legal for. Right. And that probably is the same situ- scenario, um, you know, as far as assets go. Let me jump to something really cool here, and that is that so many people through through death do us part and this and that. I mean, they, you know, you want to provide for your spouse, you love your spouse, but my question is often, how do you love your spouse? Because if you give everything outright to your spouse, what if they remarry, or what if they are sued? Mm-hmm. You haven't protected them, but if you give in trust for them, you can protect them. Right. You can protect essentially the children, and sometimes people are, you know burning up their assets and their biggest asset might be their home. And if the survivor needs care, then Medicaid, the state's going to put a lien on the house. Right. And with proper planning, we could actually have a special kind of trust that would be a safe harbor that would say, no, the state can't go after that home and the survivor could keep living in the home. But if they need care, at least you don't have to spend down and the, the state just can't go after it. Right. That just doesn't happen automatically, you know. Right. So when I meet with a couple in particular, I ask a lot of questions about what do they want to happen if this, if that, if, you know, the other. Right, thing. right. So we're talking to Stephen Waltar. He is here from a Legacy Estate Planning in Bellevue. And <clears throat> we are talking about property and assets today. And most certainly, most of us own a home. We probably have some investments. We have different things that we will own with our spouses. And maybe we're on accounts with our parents, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. So um, Steve is here to kind of clear a lot of the red tape of what we're, you know, what we're dealing with. And obviously, there's a lot of, just because we... My husband and I might own a house doesn't necessarily mean that I would be or he would be um, the sole owner of the home unless there was some sort of documentation in place. Uh, well, yeah. And the other thing is if there was incapacity sure, and, and you needed to even refinance or borrow, you can't legally sign for one Correct. another unless you have a power of attorney. Now, talk about incapacity. Um, you, <laughs> you talked about... Um, you know, a trust. I think it's called a special needs trust. Is that correct? What they what the term is used? Is that right? Am mm, I not for a spouse really? Okay, and my special needs is if you're trying to make sure you don't cut off governmental benefits. Oh, okay. A, okay. A, I, I did mention that a living trust is a little bit like a power of attorney, where someone has the ability to sign and do things. Okay. Okay. So if I become inc- incapacitated and my spouse is still, um, uh, you know, vibrant. How, what's the best way, best course of action? The best thing is to have already done your documents, your planning before, because if you wait until there's incapacity, your husband can't sign for you. No. He has to go to court, do a guardianship. There's thousands of fees. It's invasive. It's humiliating, et cetera. So it's just, just being a responsible person. And, you know, if you have some assets, then you want to, it's like insurance. Do your powers of attorney, do your estate planning before you lose capacity. And if I 
if it's too late, then don't you have to go for a guardianship or something like that in the court? Right. And yep. that is costly. It's costly. It's <laughs> Time a hassle. Consuming. It's very embarrassing because, you know, a third party gets to investigate and have subpoena powers and report to the court. And it's just it's a pain. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. So um, everyone out there, you need to do your your uh, upfront um, taking care of business. And um, so. And see, incapacity, <clears throat> some, we were started with this with assets. Right. Assets, people get into problems because they start adding people to accounts that they shouldn't. Much better to give a power of attorney. They could manage that asset for you, but they don't own it. They don't own it. Right. So that means their creditors are not your problem. <clears throat> but even if you don't have a lot of assets, you at least need health care powers of attorney because we all, all oh, of us that are alive, we want care for ourselves, our bodies. We want the right people making choices. And we, the last thing we want is a free-for-all fight over those sorts of things when, you know, timing is of the essence. You know, I have to say, the last decision I had to make on behalf of my mother was the health care directive. Yeah. Um, I will never forget that conversation when three doctors came to me and said, you have a choice. <laughs> you know, keep her alive a little bit longer for low quality of life. She will be, um, you know, in in not very good situation. Or we can initiate the whole term comfort care and let her slowly you know, pass away. Um, it is a, it is a wrenching decision, but you know, there was a peace of mind that I had that healthcare directive. I knew that I knew my mom's heart. I knew what she would want to do. And, um, yeah, there's a I huge difference that, that you would have tried to do what was right no matter what. Exactly. But that she had some document listing exactly. saying push comes to shove. She wanted you making that call. And I never thought I would be put in that scenario. You yeah. know, I, it's not anything that we think about. And yet there it was. And it was the last major decision, obviously, I made on behalf of her. Um, when my grandma was dying, mm-hmm. my folks flew up from Texas. They were out of state. And they say, do you have power of attorney? And, you know, do you have, you know, is there a living will? You want to unplug her? She says, well, I'm, I, yes, I am power of attorney, but I'm not doing anything till I see her. And they went and they saw her. And they got time with her, and they sang hymns with her, and they and they decided not to plug her into an IV. Wow. And she actually did physically die while they were there, but she kind of lifted up her arm, even though she was in a coma, like Jesus was welcoming her home. So it, it worked properly in that situation. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like it's listening to your heart and knowing that you, ha- you know, if you're entrusted with that role, as I was, it was one of the most important decisions, obviously, that I may, ever made in my life. But it's something that I felt, you know, my mom entrusted me with it. It was an, one of the most honorable things, I think, that she ever did for me in, in recognizing that she did take care of me. And that's why I have a living will where I say I don't want my kids or my wife or anyone to feel like a sense of guilt like they pulled the plug on me. I've already said what happened Perfect. in that circumstance. But then there's also a healthcare power. There's also a HIPAA form. I mean, these things all kind of cooperate with one another. Correct, correct. So, Steve, how do we reach you? Ah, best way to reach me is 425-455-6788. 425-455-6788. Or you can go on to the website, and that's www.waltar.com. And Steve is right in downtown Bellevue. Very easy to get to and free parking. Yeah, free parking. (laughs) Thanks for being on the program, Steve. It was great having you. Thank you.
This has been a special presentation of Answers for Elders with Legacy Estate Planning with Stephen Waltar. For more information for Legacy Estate Planning, go to waltar.com. That's W-A-L-T-A-R.com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.